0: Hey friends, Rich here. You know, one thing that's real common that I hear time and again with leaders across the country is that they are tired. It's been crazy navigating the world in this past year or so. Listen, you are looking for reliable partners and I want you to think about our friends over at Metashare. Did you know that being a part of Metashare, that you get access to free telehealth and free telecounseling? And both of these are unlimited. Think about that for your staff team to be able to say to them, hey, you can you can do free telecounseling uh, just because you're a member with them. And you know what? You know, you think about... Uh, you know, the way people like their healthcare or don't like their healthcare. Metashare has a 98% customer satisfaction rate. That is two times the national average. That is incredible. Metashare is an affordable alternative to health insurance that allows members to share one another's medical bills. You get access to over nine hundred thousand healthcare providers with a proven track record of nearly thirty years, twenty-seven years. Uh, they're the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. A quarter century of expertise is one of the things that helps you and your staff team sleep well at night. Listen, friends, I want you to reach out to them to learn more. Go to Medishare. That's M-E-D-I dot uh, com forward slash Unseminary. That's M-E-D-I-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash Unseminary to learn more about MetaShare solutions, particularly during this open enrollment season.
1: Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Uh,
0: super excited that you've tuned in today. You know, every week try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you, and today is no exception. Super excited to have Brian Cook with us. He is the lead pastor of ACF Church, Alliance Christian Fellowship, located in Eagle River, Evil, Eagle, not evil, Eagle River, Alaska. <laughs> uh, super excited to talk to someone farther north than me, which is kind of fun. Uh, Eagle River is a community of about 35,000 uh Folks, uh, and really, it serves J Bear, uh, the joint base there for the military. It's about 12 miles from Anchorage, with a population of over 3,000. ACF is one of the fastest-growing churches in the country. And Brian Cook, like we said, is the lead pastor. Brian, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here today.
2: Uh, I'm honored to be here, man. It's so good.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about ACF, kind of fill out the picture, give us a bit of the flavor of the church, kind of tell us a little bit of that story.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, ACF was planted back in uh, 1987 and had Mm -hmm. a a really good run for a while. And then uh, coming into the early 2000s, started kind of declining, as many churches do. And uh, mm-hmm. coming up at about 2009, it was a bit of a uh, decision-making moment. Like a lot of churches find themselves in that mm. place where uh, you know mm-hmm. that they, they have to decide: are they gonna they gonna live it or die? You know, what's what's our goal mm. here? And uh, you know, a lot wow. of churches they, they don't want to die, but they're not sure they want to live. You know, so they were kind of in that place, <laughs> and so, so making big decisions. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because uh, living means change and new vision and all of those things, and. You know, you might not be ready for that, but they were. There was a really good core people mm. uh, that really wanted to do that. And so I moved up <laughs> in 2009 and it was a group of about 35 people and the church wow. uh, was ready to make major changes. So sold their building, moved into a, a vacant building. It was actually the uh, the original Catholic Church of Eagle River was was vacant and empty <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh. it was uh, windows were broken out. There were, you know, syringes in the grass in the parking lot there. It was, it was kind of a mess, wow. but we moved in. Because uh, it was a bigger facility, and uh, moved in with faith that uh, that God would bring the people, and uh, and it's been really fun ever since. So, wow!
0: And obviously, then you know the church has grown and had increasing impact in in uh, in your community, which is just incredible. One of the things I want to, I'd love to pick your brain on is leading within a fast growing church keeping your team aligned, keeping people rowing in the same direction, uh, you know, having a strong team culture, staff culture, man, it can be difficult. You know, it's a, that's a that's yeah. a hard, um, you know, nut to crack. How have you, what's that look like for you at, you know, at the church? How has that been a kind of part of the story at, at ACF?
2: Well, so, you know, I started as a worship pastor and then uh, six years ago, nice. I took over as a lead pastor and stepped into that role and, you know, what what happened is after just a little while, I found myself not enjoying myself, you know, not wanting to go back into work, mm-hmm. uh, just not enjoying the the staff culture. And, you know, hmm. I was kind of looking around going, whose job is it to fix this? And I realized it's it's me. You know, I, I set the <laughs> culture, right? <laughs> sure. So, uh, yes. man, so we just went on a bit of a journey of uh, just introspection going, what is it that we've done to create this culture? And mm. uh, man, things I think this is a big deal right now. Uh, I was reading a poll Mm -hmm. earlier this week. Four and a half million people are quitting their jobs every day in the U.S. right now. and Or not every day. I'm sorry. Every month. Uh, Every month. Every day, that'd be crazy. But then uh, 50% 50 of people right now in the U.S. are looking for a different job. So um, I think it comes back to that staff culture, how um, important it is to enjoy yourself at work. And I wasn't enjoying myself. And so, yeah, Mm. we just started digging into our souls a little bit, you know? And so I, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it and I was like, I think there's, there's kind of like five steps. The first step was like, find the truth. And just, I walked mm. around the office asking people like, what's it like to serve here? And, uh, mm. you know, I kind of got the truth and I, I got to hear from people <laughs> and, you know, that's not always easy to hear the truth of like, man, I, I don't really love going in just like you don't. And, uh, you know, people are feeling overwhelmed. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, let's dig into that. What were some of the things you heard as... Well, first of all, I think that's a gutsy move for a lead pastor to walk around and say... Hey, you know what's it like to work here? That that I think is man, what a what a bold choice. You know, my friend uh, Jeff Henderson, he says, you know, he'll ask his the people who work for him, what's it like to be on the other side of me? You know, it's that. Hey, what's it what's it like to actually be a part of this thing? What were some of those things that you heard that maybe were either confirming, so you were like, "Mm, yeah, I totally agree with that, or or surprising on you know either end of that spectrum.
2: So I you know, and and part of this was talking to staff members as well as people in the church because as the church grew. Mm I think like many, many churches, there's a lot to do. And so, right. man, I just I was trying to be honest with myself and go, I, I think we started seeing people um, as sort of a means to an end. And, and I don't think anybody mm. ever made that decision. But um, we made the switch of going instead of trying to use people to build our ministries, we want to use our ministries to build people. And, and that, was that was the like transition we, we, were, we were beginning to make but to get there meant being honest. And so, you know, I heard everything. Uh, I think probably the most simple way uh, that everybody was able to communicate how they felt um, was using this term, I feel like a cog in a wheel. Um, you know, that's mm. a it's a very simple term. We've maybe used that before, but people yep. who are not in the church staff who are, all, all understood this like feeling like I'm, I'm part of a machine, but I'm not necessarily mm. being discipled. And so I, I think that was at the root of, of just what I heard, finding the truth, so yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of us have been there, right? When we, when we feel like that cog, we, we, we're connected, we're a part of it, but we feel like a replaceable part, right? We feel like the kind of thing that can just be pulled out and doesn't really matter. And our contribution is really not that big of a deal. Uh, But man, we better keep working. We better keep holding on to that. Exactly. So so then what steps did you take beyond that when you said, okay, so identify the problem here, you know, people feel like a cog. Uh, What were some of the steps you tried to do to turn that around?
2: I think, well, part of it was we just didn't have the structure for the growth. I think this happens a lot. The church begins to grow, the team grows, but we didn't have a structure that could handle moving from, you know, a small Mm -hmm. or or medium sized church into a bigger church. And Mm -hmm. so we began to build like a, uh, you know, what we call a director coach team captain structure. And creating some mm-hmm. levels of leadership and uh, you know flowcharts, which which are very exciting. Everybody loves a good flowchart, but <laughs> everybody um, loves a good flowchart. <laughs> you know, it, it's really not my thing, but but you know we knew we needed this, and so we created a flowchart where um, every single team member was accounted for. Um, it, it's really a discipleship structure uh, more than anything. Is mm-hmm. realizing okay, mm-hmm. uh, and feeling convicted. God has given me these people to care for. And I think a lot of pastors get to a point where they're like, man, I don't enjoy my job because I got into ministry because I love people. And now I feel more like a CEO mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, than, than somebody who's a pastor. And what I realized is that it doesn't have to be that way, that you can essentially build a church within the church that is your team, mm-hmm. that you are the spiritual director for, and you get to be in their right. lives and do all the things that, that you feel called to do. And so, yeah, we just created mm-hmm. a, a massive flowchart that wasn't just our staff, but um, every single individual in our uh, church that's on a serve team was on that mm-hmm. flow chart. And so they knew who they were caring for. They knew who was caring for them. And uh, the idea was nobody would be caring for more than six people. And so, um, mm. yeah, that was a that was a big process. But uh, and we can come back to that all the time.
0: Yeah, huge deal. That span of care, six. That's, you know, I'd love to hear more about that. I think anybody who's done one of these kind of flowcharts, this is a fundamental question you have to wrestle with, which is how many people is it reasonable for people to actually care or to lead? Uh, you came up with six. Why did you come up with that number? Uh, what what kind of led you to that? And were there areas where that was difficult to, you know, to maintain uh, as you looked across the church?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, really, it's just it it comes down to days a week that you can make a phone call. Mm -hmm. You know, you got seven days a week, one day (laughs) off. So, you know, it's like, (laughs) let's let's give people a person a day to make a phone call to to check in with and uh, to care for. And so, I mean, really, depending on what kind of care you're trying to provide, obviously, like the number could go up and down. But um, and this is just what works for us is about six people Mm -hmm. uh, that you can check in with consistently. Um, When we try to get over that, it just seemed like people were getting missed. And under that, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we weren't meeting the needs of our teams and of our church, and so uh, that seemed mm-hmm. to be kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's a I love the it. super practical. Hey, how many people can you call? I know, you know, I've heard in other contexts people talk about. Um, hey the span of care shouldn't be bigger than uh one one box of pizza for a lunch you know it's like you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna buy a, a box of pizza get people together it shouldn't be more than if you got more than it takes you know if you need to get more than a, a one box of pizza you got too many people so it' something like that practical right yeah. like it's hey what how many people can you actually care for now so interesting one i'd love to hear about your pivot to creating this structure uh, a lot of churches struggle at the leader of leaders phase which I think would be team captains for you, or is it directors? I I missed which way that I guess that would be directors, yeah. L- you know, leader of leaders. H- how did you find those people? How did you release them? How did you, what do you do training for them? What does that look like? That, because that's a real key piece. Can we get people to actually lead other people who lead people? That's, that's a big deal.
2: Right, right. You know, I think it started with our staff and uh, mm-hmm. teaching our staff that uh, we hire, leaders of leaders. Um, We don't hire Mm -hmm. doers. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we all we all can kind of find ourselves in a doing mode in part of our week, but but really just working with our staff and going, guys, we we have to be making disciples and and, and growing people and growing leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the only way that we can leverage our time and continue to reach our goals. And so I think our team got that, uh, you know, some quicker than others. uh, But but the ones that got it were just they were they were on wildfire, man. And so the others saw them. Uh, growing their teams and being less stressed. You know, that's a big, that's a mm-hmm. carrot at the end of the stick, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be less stressed? Yes. Build leaders. And so all of a sudden right. people who could have cared less about building leaders are like, okay, we're reading leadership books and going to conferences. And uh, and so I found mm-hmm. people growing in that. And uh, I mean, how do you find them for, I mean, I guess there's basic things. I just kind of, we, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about like the person that shows up early, the person that is, mm-hmm. you know, they're setting the culture good. in the room. When they when they walk mm-hmm. in, everybody's listening, everybody's watching, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the person mm-hmm. that stays late, the person that's praying for somebody on, on the team when you didn't ask them to. And so I, we've got mm-hmm. a list of things that we're like, hey, these are basic uh, signs that somebody is a leader on your team that needs to be pulled into a, a coach or even potentially a, a, a director role at some point.
0: Yeah. Mm. Love it, yeah. I love that. You know, the it's like that irony of how do you find leaders? Well, they're people who are leading. Yeah, you know, it's that you know they're they're actually doing it. You can say, oh, there's a person who, like you say, they're influencing others around them. They're, you know, you're not asking them, you're not giving them a job. Uh, They are just taking it and 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 you know saying, hey, let's go, let's go do this, let's go make this part of what happens at the church uh, better. So how has that impacted your most immediate uh, team? I find a lot of if so. I've spent most of my time in the executive pastor role that. Kind of secondary seat I spent a lot uh, there's a lot of times where I find a lot of lead pastors talk about team but then really what happens is it's a pyramid it's a very pointy pyramid mm-hmm. at the top uh, what has that meant for your immediate team what what kind of difference has has this kind of thinking done in the kind of you, the people who report directly to you
2: yeah yeah so um, I realized I I just had to share the load um, I needed to mm-hmm. expand really my role into three different roles and so you know a lot of churches will have um different size leadership teams for us, you know, three works. and for us, it's a mm-hmm. it's our executive pastor, our director of operations, mm-hmm. and then myself. And uh, we didn't actually have that structure before. It really was on me. And uh, yep. you know you, that's why I was so frustrated. and that's why I felt so overwhelmed yep. as I realized i was I was trying to excel in things that I wasn't built for. And so um you know, I got a hold of a guy that had been one of our elders for a while and, um, mm-hmm. had come on and off the board and just one of those, one of those trustworthy people in the church. He was working for an oil company locally. And I just, I texted him one day and I was like, Hey, how about you quit your job and take a pay cut and come work for us? You know, and yes, uh, he was literally driving in his truck with his wife talking about how he needed to make a change in that moment. It was just a providential text, wow. you know? And, wow, uh, he's amazing, like, huh? he's like, all right, it's, this is the moment. So I got a total home run with him. And then another guy that we pulled in as an executive pastor, that's incredible at it. And, and so then we sat down and, and those guys were like, well, what are our jobs? What do you want us to do? And, mm-hmm. and so I just, I basically came up with a three word job description for each of them. That was very simple. And so, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. me as a lead pastor, it's just, what's the vision? Uh, everybody wants to know mm-hmm. where are we going? And so I have to keep, you know, the vision in front and make sure I, I spend mm-hmm. time on mm-hmm. that, you know, for our director of operations, his job description is make it work. Uh, you know, mm. like changing everything from changing light bulbs to, you know, doing some, uh, some work on our, our facility to, uh, mm-hmm. other projects that we're doing to anything that's financial, you know, he is the make it work guy. And then our executive pastor, mm. um, his job description is just keep it moving, keep it moving. So oh, I'll love it. I'll make some vision. I'll talk about what we want to do. I'll, I'll set some direction and he'll be the guy that's checking in with the team He's meeting with all of our directors uh, every single week and just kind of keeping the ball rolling. So this has worked out well for us so far.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love keep it moving for that executive pastor role. I've often said in that role, I feel like a part of my job is removing barriers. And it's that it's that same idea. It's like, hey, what, how do I get in front of whether it's finance stuff, or, you know, hey, we got to get enough team members, or we've got to, it's kind of like anticipating where things are going so that we can keep the ball rolling. Or as you say, keep it moving. I, I just love that. I think that's, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Well, what difference has this made? I love how this started, because it started with you saying, Gosh, I don't know that I even like working here. Right, uh, you know, I was find this fairly frustrating. So, what difference has all of that made uh, now in your life, in the life of the church? Where, you know, kind of where are things at today?
2: Yeah, it's made a huge difference. You know, I I do. Mm -hmm. I look forward to going to the office. Um, You know, I Mm. I talk to so many other pastors and. Um, I've always held ministry really loosely. I, I went to school to be a diesel mechanic. That was my trade. I felt like God continued nice. to call me into ministry in different ways. And so, uh, you know, my wife and I, uh, probably every three years we sit down and go, is this what we're still called to do? Do we still love these people? Mm. You know, it's kind of that, oh, that's the, good. the moment you stop loving the people you lead is the, is the day you need to stop leading them. And and mm. so we're just like, you know, that's do we so love good. these people? And, and I, I really have such a passion for the people of Alaska. Um, this is a dark place, man. Mm-hmm. Like, Uh, Highest suicide rate in the nation, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of our young military guys. It's their first station is in Alaska. They love to send them, you know, away from home, and uh, so we've got a lot of young men and women who are in the military. Our church is probably seventy percent military right now, and uh, yeah, it's a which means a lot of turnover. So we are constantly Mm -hmm. building leaders and sending leaders, and uh, you know, I grew up as a military kid. And uh, was the, always the person leaving. Now I'm the person staying, watching great people go, which is <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. That's hard. It is yeah, hard. Yeah. But I, you know, honestly, it's just I, I enjoy our church. I enjoy what I do, and I think that's been the deal. Is like you know, you get into this role of leading at a church, and you see other people doing it really well, and you're just you're, you're maybe not sure how you fit into the uh, into the role, mm-hmm. and you just have to slowly mm-hmm. be honest with yourself about what it would take. Uh, to continue doing this. And, and uh, I kept asking myself this question, if God would call me to do this uh, for the next 50 years, what would have to change? How would I need Mm. to adjust my role if God would ask me to do this until, you know, I retire. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, right now we do have a system that, that is sustainable, which, which is a gift right now. So,
0: yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I love that. Love to hear that. Love to see um, you know, the impact it's had on you and on your team yeah. and helped you obviously reach, you know, reach more people and continue to thrive as a church. I'd love to kind of talk about the Alaska context for a little bit. You, you started down that road. I'd love to go a little bit further down sure. there. Alaska... It's not the kind of place that we assume that there's fast growing churches from. You know, it's right. not the kind of place that you would say, "Hey, that's, you know, if you're going to look for a place in the country where people are are flooding to church, uh it Alaska doesn't isn't on the top of the list." But that's not the story that God's writing at your church. What are you learning about reaching the culture that you're in? You identified a number of issues, the high suicide rate, the, you know, the turnover with military foc- folks. I always feel terrible for you know, leaders who lead in these cultures, because, you know, you're seeing that 30, 40% turnover uh, pretty consistently. What is it that God's used, you think, in your leadership, in your team's leadership, in the church— to help you reach the culture that you've, you know, cause again, folks to remember back at the beginning of this conversation, you know, this church was in decline or was at least plateauing and that's turned around. So what is it that's changed? How has the, you know, how it has beyond, you know, moving buildings, uh, you know, what, what has changed in the church to, to help you impact the community that you find yourself in?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. You know, I, I think that, um, Alaska is, uh, there, there is a lot of need. It's a unique place. So Anchorage is an, is actually a really diverse community. Um, mm. We're just outside of, of Anchorage and Eagle River. And um, mm. at, at the outskirts of Northern Anchorage is a community called uh, Mountain View. And Mountain View is um, the most diverse community in the entire United States. Um, right there. Really? Yeah. Culturally oh, diverse. Yeah. Right there in Anchorage. And um, really interesting. Just a lot of different cultures. Flood. To uh, to Alaska, you know, there's a lot of people trying to get away from something. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people mm-hmm. just looking for an adventure, and um, right. you almost develop a kind of a, a, a radar for the different types of people that show up. You know, you've got the I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Gold Rush on Discovery Channel. I'm coming to Alaska, and I just want to experience it person. And you know, they they may or may not find some roots here. You've got the military person. Right. You've got you know somebody who's maybe part of the oil industry and Uh, you've got the person that just wants to come up and heli ski all day, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. they just want to get out and enjoy it, which is awesome. So, um, but Mm -hmm. all of this, what all this means is that people are a long way away from home. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we've really embraced that trying to be a home away from home type of community. And Mm -hmm. uh, like that, that you can find your Alaska family. So we use that term a lot, like people have an Alaska family. Um, And Mm -hmm. so we, uh, we try to create that. And and uh, what, what I, I see here that's unique is that people have a capacity to build deep relationships that um, I haven't seen anywhere I've lived because they're so isolated. Um, and, and that's, you know, mm. everywhere I've lived, moving around, military kid, uh, you know, people tend to have their couple of close friends and, and they're pretty well tapped out. You know, they only have so much time in their, in their day and in their, in their week for relationships. But in Alaska, mm. people show up and they're just thirsty for friendship, thirsty for um, mm. someone to, to, to notice them. And uh, and then winter hits. And I mean, talk about opportunity, man. It's like dark (laughs) and cold and people need to be together. And uh, and then uh, on top of that, you've got this uh, the military dynamic where, um, you know, you've got the spouse will deploy and occasionally be gone for nine months. And so we just make a real point of caring for those families. Uh, And uh, and so all of that comes together to create such a rich opportunity for ministry. And, um, we've just, and we've, we, as a church, we've been in the community. That's, that was a big shift was just, I think a lot of churches do this well, but just trying to meet needs and trying to do things that, um, bring a little light to the darkness. We do a, we do a fireworks show for our whole city on uh, new year's Eve because 4th of July fireworks are terrible in Alaska. Um, you know, they just... (laughs) It's it's 20, light
0: twenty three hours of light it's light yeah, yeah, yeah they're funny. they're
2: terrible or you got to keep the kids up till one a.m. and so nobody's happy but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> we just do things like that all year round we love to use our resources to just uh, to just bring fun to our city and people seem to love that
0: love it friends I want to underline so. Again, this is one of the fastest growing churches in the country, and you know I think there is a there can be a misnomer. Oh, fast growing churches, they're whatever, and people put in whatever their you know bias is around fast growing churches. And you know, listen carefully to what go, if you need to rewind, rewind. What Brian said there around developing community is so important. Time and again, we see this in fast growing churches that. The the popular notion is that they're not actually places that develop community, but that's just right. not true. When you get behind it, that is actually what it's about. And then obviously meeting practical needs, whether it's fireworks, you know, or finding ways to you know to make a difference in yeah. other ways, it's just such a critical piece of the puzzle. Love it, huge,
2: love it. huge.
0: Now you've given us this great resource that we're going to link in our show notes called Leading at ACF Church, being a coach. Can you tell us about this tool? How do you use this? What is this? Uh, you know, what is this tool here that uh, that you use, and how does it kind of how do you use it within your church.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, once again, um, you know, just coming back to a discipleship process that God's God's entrusted us with these people on our teams to uh, to Mm -hmm. develop them. And, uh, you know, they don't exist for us. uh, We exist for them. Mm -hmm. And this is this is another big shift is I think as a a pastor, there can be a a point where you don't even know that you do it, but people exist for you like they are trying to build Mm -hmm. something for you. And and obviously structures and systems mean nothing apart from like your heart really being in it. If you really love people, mm-hmm. the structure I think mm-hmm. can work. Uh, if if you don't love people, the structure is not going to help anything. But for us, we, I just I sat down and I thought, what would define somebody who now loves what they do at our church, whether it be a staff mm. member or a team member? And as we talked to people, uh, asking like, what do you need? We heard some really consistent things, and so I just came up with this acronym: Cover. And uh, Mm -hmm. everything that we do is built around this, you know, military people love acronyms. So I thought I thought that would work. But, (laughs) you know, so cover, um, we basically cover is is language. All of our team members know cover, our staff member know know cover and uh, cover just stands for uh, care, oversight, vision, encouragement and resources. And so those those things specifically were the needs that came from talking to our people Of Mm. like these are the things that people need to love what right. they do, and and so um, we have weekly cover meetings with every team member, and so everybody on our team sits down and has a cover meeting. It's like 20, 30 minutes, um, and they're going to focus on one of those letters and and whatever the the immediate need is. And so um, care is just simply like you know they're a human being, right? And so you know, they're dealing mm-hmm. with kids and they're dealing with medical things and. You know, mm. I mean, the best way to make somebody feel like a cog in a wheel is not to acknowledge their humanity, right? And so, oh, so um, you know, so we just, true. we were like, okay, so, so we have to stop and go, how are you doing personally? Mm. And then oversight is just simply like, what, what's my job? And so one frustration really consistently is like, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And and I'm, what I'm am I I'm supposed
0: all... to do what does success look like. Yeah, right, absolutely. right.
2: I'm a hard driving, <laughs> high capacity leader. And you're going to lose those people if they don't know what their job is. And so. Um, you know, we just said, okay, we need to give some clear oversight, um, to people vision, mm-hmm. obvious, obviously people need to know, you know, what is it that they're going after? What's the big mm-hmm. picture here? That's, uh, that's trying to be, be built. Some people, they don't need to be told what to do. They need to be told where they're going. Right. And so you tell them where they're going mm-hmm. and they know exactly what to do. And that those are the, your favorite leaders. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, then encouragement is just, it's telling stories. We tell a ton of stories, uh, Uh, you know, we talk about the big why behind what we do. And we talk about, you know, everything from the person who comes to the fireworks show, who then maybe gets their oil changed at uh, Impact Eagle River, who later on, you know, Mm -hmm. shows up to a Christmas service, and then they give their heart to Jesus. And then, you know, they walk down this road. These stories happen all the time. And they each one of those things on their own means nothing. Um, But together, what it means is people who find hope in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we see that we have to tell those stories. And so every week, um we we have one story that get, that gets emailed out to all of our coaches and team mm-hmm. captains and so it's like mm-hmm. hey if you didn't hear um you know Susan she's new to our church she came for the first time and uh, man god touched her heart this week and so you need to today when you're serving think of Susan and so that keeps it mm-hmm. so personal um that's and cool so that's the that. encouragement part and then there's just resources like you know uh if if you don't have enough goldfish for the kids uh downstairs you know in our in our kids ministry. And you're just, you're trying to figure out what to do. There's, there's a frustration there, right? You just, you don't have (laughs) what you need to succeed. You don't have, you know, uh, enough cones for the parking lot. And so you're just frustrated that you don't feel cared for. So, um, sometimes it's just like, Hey, what do you need to succeed that I can give you? And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems like every cover meeting will focus on one of those things.
0: Love it. That is so good. I love that idea of, to arming your leaders with uh, one kind of encouraging story a week to keep that in front. Even the discipline of saying, okay, we've got to mine these stories. It's just being aware of them. It's just saying, hey, it's creating a category of we've got to find these stories because we've got to tell people about them yeah. and you'll find them in your church. You'll find those, but, but you've, but you got to kind of open up that, uh, that spot. I just love this. So we'll, we'll provide this, uh, link in the, the show notes. You can pick that up. It's a great tool. And I think we'll help flesh out more of what we're talking about today. Put a bit more, yeah. uh, you know, skin on those bones. I, I hope to,
2: we're, we're actually working on some other resources with that. I'm, I'm trying to do some writing with that. So I, I hope to oh, great. have something that we can release, um, to maybe help some other churches with this. There's a lot more to all of this that i'd love to be able to share and so uh hopefully the next year year and a half we can we can release some resources about that
0: well yeah if you if you're doing a book or video course or something let me know i'd love to have you back on we can talk more about it and and we'd love to uh you know would love to to share that with more people for sure this has been a fantastic conversation brian i really appreciate you being here today is there anything else you'd love to share with us just as we're wrapping up today's episode anything else you'd love to kind of highlight for us as we as we wrap up today
2: you know, I, I just think that uh, you know, coming back to loving what you do—that's um, been a journey I've mm-hmm. been on—is—is uh, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to love what I do. I want to love the church. Um, I want to love the people that I get to serve. Uh, I want to see myself as is here for them and not them here for me. And uh, and that just mm. takes a ton of discipline, man, especially the, as the church starts to grow and um, as good things are happening. We just feel this this urgency to try to get people in the right spots to fill the holes and and to keep mm. going. And we just we have to stop. And so I, I took a sabbatical this year um, that mm. was so good for my soul and uh, took some time off and. Man, I, I had no idea how much fear I had been leading out since the beginning of COVID. Um, I, mm. I didn't realize it, you know. I just what I felt was anxiety, and I felt frustration, and I felt other things starting to kind of come back. And uh, man, I actually came back to my staff and sat down. And dude, I'm not a, I'm not a crier, but I just I, <laughs> I wrote this whole thing out while I was away and just said here is how I've led you out of fear. And um, oh, wow. I just shared this whole thing with those guys through tears and just said, guys, I you might not even know. I think most of them were kind of shocked. Like we didn't know that you felt these things, but you know, we carry burdens that maybe some people on our team don't know we carry. And so I just said, hey, mm-hmm. you didn't know I was feeling fearful, but what you felt was I was pushing you really hard because I was so mm-hmm. afraid of us failing or so scared of the church maybe not making it through the season. And, and so, mm-hmm. um, man, just being honest with our team and honest with our people and honest with ourselves Man, it's so key, I think, to enjoying what we do and just kind of ripping off that bandaid of pretense and of just, you know, professionalness and and just trying to kind of put up a front in front of our team. Um, And it just I think for our team, it it frees them up. Super excited. One of our team members this week, she got baptized. Um, She's on our staff. Oh, so cool. She's on our team. And she she was just like, man, I, I am so thankful that I'm on a team where I can be on a spiritual journey. Um, because Mm, we know this, if somebody's not given the freedom to be on a spiritual journey while they're on your team, they're going to have to quit when they have questions. And so, you know, our team has been given that freedom, I think really just through our leaders and and not just myself who are just like, let's be honest, we're all figuring this Mm. out while we're trying to lead other people. And so we just need a lot of Jesus, man. We need a lot of grace with one another as well. (laughs) So... Dude, so good. I just loved today's conversation. So encouraging and practical,
0: helpful for us for sure. I really, really appreciate it. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online?
2: Yeah. Um, acf dot That's alpha Charlie Foxtrot Alpha Kilo. My <laughs> military roots there. .org. Military coming out yep, there. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, uh great. then I'm I'm AK Brian on all the all the social great. medias. So yeah.
0: Love it. Brian, this has been super helpful. I really appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. And and thanks for taking time out with us Uh, today. Thank you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.